Welcome to the Leveled Up Podcast. I'm Danae Osted. I'm Megan Johnson. And I'm Sarah Flannery. Today is our monthly meeting, and since we are all still on pandemic lockdown, um, we had a great group show up and we discussed the power of saying no. We looked at what happens when you say yes and how it fills you up and what happens when you say no and some good tips on how to learn to be better at it. Hope you guys enjoy. And we all wore makeup, so imagine us hotter. <laughs> and Sarah was well. <laughs> enjoy the episode, folks. Okay, as we start getting rolling here, um, you guys are obviously muted when you come on. Otherwise, it's just going to be crazy when the ladies start giving their message for today. And we're going to be talking about the power of no. That's really important. We we thought it was like really, really great for uh, time. And as we, we think about getting back out into the, you know, the real world, the world with people and things to do and people standing close to each other again, we're all going to want to be saying yes, yes, yes to things. And so it might be good um, to revisit this idea of the power of no. It's not a new idea, but sometimes it's really, really great to kind of revisit that and bring that back into your awareness um, as we move back into um, whatever normal we walk, <laughs> we walk back into. Um, so you guys know, if you've ever been to a level up, that we start level up in the same way after welcoming everybody. Uh, we have a bit of mingle time. And so instead of being able to do that on the front side this time, we're gonna add that to the back. And I have the capacity here to throw you guys into, throw you into, like poodles into trees. Ask me later what that means throw you into a breakout room. So all you have to do, if there's somebody here you wanna chat with one-on-one, -on -one, shoot me a message in the chat. And so you have a chat function and you can choose to send it to everyone or you can choose to send it to just me um, or even to another person one-on-one -on -one and get confirmation that they wanna have a one-on-one -on -one with you and I can put you guys into a breakout room so that you guys can chat after our um, presentation tonight. And so um, that way you guys can still connect because that's what Level Up is all about is uh, authentic connections and getting together and staying together um, through this time. So the second thing we always do is a uh, shout out. Each person individually goes through and talks about a win that they had recently. So in light of everything that's going on, there's enough of negative shit happening and I don't wanna hear it. So uh, please don't share that. I don't want to hear it. It's not that it's not important. It's not that you're not struggling, but tonight is about positivity and uplifting each other and connecting. So in the chat window, what I want you to do is go in there and share one positive thing that you've had over the week or a win recently. What is a week anymore? What is a day anymore? So let's just say recently, uh, and uh, we will go through those, um, and please share that to share a little bit of your light with the world. Sarah Flannery did her makeup and hair. Like, you look great, girl. Thanks. I saw Brandy roll in. Hi, Brandy. Good to see you. And eight virtual parties and getting our workout in. Good job. Good job. Good to see you. All right, Danae. Three unexpected referrals. I'm for that. I'm super for that. 
Hi, Megan. Megan Feldman's here. You guys all know her. She has just been such a help to us. Uh, Karen has had the most lu lucrative month so far. What? Get it, girl. Girl, I love it. Uh, Lindsay, I read a book that wasn't personal development themed and now just started another book. Good job, Lindsay. We got to keep our reading on. We were just talking about that, like how we never read just for fun books anymore. I wish there were like emoticons in this chat so that I could oh, react at in a the positive bottom, way. You guys should have a reactions button if you what scroll down heck? to the bottom. See, Anne's got her clappy hands on and her thumbs up on. So you guys can go what ahead and throw reactions in there if there's something that you like. You're, you're more oh, than welcome. Oh, okay. Sweet. Ashley took a PTO day. Uh after two weeks of crazy busy and she went hiking alone. Oh, good job, Ashley. Sometimes that's just what you need. Good job. Uh, Deanna, three weeks of consistent work for your new opportunity. Congratulations. Anne, she's always got the best ones. Reaching out to check in on people to see how they're doing and it resulted in unexpected business. Doesn't it always when you just are good to people, business comes. Uh, Andrea added four new customers and had three new business conversations. Good for you. Uh, Catherine, co-hosting a class this week, reach, reaching out to individual clients and got a response with lots of people planning. Sweet. Good job. Steph had more new client consultations in the last five days than ever before. And she's remodeling her gross 70s wood paneling. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I got a I got a sneak peek of that and it looks really great. I can't wait for the wallpaper to go up. It's gonna look great. Um, Molly, we do know that you're a cook, but you never baked bread, girl. You got to talk to um, Michelle Booth. She is a massive bread baker. Jessica Armstrong is also a good bread baker. Oh, good, good, good. I'm glad that your bread turned out, Molly. Uh, you posted every day, Susie. Good job. That's hard to do. It's hard to stay consistent. Good work on both your, um, in all of your social media and business pages. Good job. Caitlin, you guys, she got her Barnes and Noble books. Yay! <laughs> like, that's Amazing. how I feel new books. Yay. <laughs> uh, Briar, Briar's gonna buy a house. Yeah, Brian. Yay, Brian. That's exciting. That must mean your dad's coming back soon. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay, Elizabeth, she moved in stress-free. I got to hear about that. That's amazing how well Elizabeth's move went. Um, and the Rise Up Challenge is working really well for her. I'm, I'm sure you guys have seen that Rise Up Challenge. Uh, I'm not participating, but I've heard good things. Uh, Megan closed her first client. Yay. In six weeks, not first client ever. I mean, they're wildly successful, but it's, it's been <laughs> tough, you know, on everybody. So yay, Megan. I'm really, really happy to hear about that. Oh, Amanda, you're so good. Great quality time with the kiddos. Cooking and baking. I feel like this is a theme, right? Uh, sales picked up. Yay, Debbie. I'm so happy. Natalie's, oh, Natalie, your garden. Are they huge? I can't find you. Yeah, there you are. I found you. 
They are? Good. Good. Are you moving them soon? Yes, soon. I've already got my squash had to be pulled out and he's in dirt now. Nice. Very good. I'll get you guys some pictures for the Facebook group. Yeah, dude, that'd be great. Yeah, awesome. Uh, I think, I don't know what it is happening in my life, but uh, I have, for the first time, I have five living plants in my home. And so, I know, I just saw how big Stephanie's eyes got, because she knows how good I am at killing plants. And since, since we have five living house plants, uh, Taylor decided we're going to start a vegetable garden. Yeah, I get it. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like that's a huge jump. So to clarify, uh, those are plants that you put there on purpose, right? They didn't just like start growing somewhere <laughs> in your house and you just like let it go. Yes. Okay, yes. Just, just to clarify. <laughs> this isn't crap growing out of my toilet. This is Okay, good. Like just, legit. just like sure. Or or like forgotten potatoes in the pantry. This is not that. This is actual plants. So perfect. Um Okay, I think I've got through everybody. Did I miss anybody? Make sure you throw them in there. I'm sure that we will have uh, a few more trickle in uh, as we get started, um, but uh, I'm going to kick it off to Sarah and Danae for their chat tonight uh, because I think it's an important topic and we all need to hear it. I know I need to hear it um, as I exit my introvert's dream and back into the world. Um, so who am I kicking this to? Sarah, Sarah, I'm kicking it to you. I'm going to mute myself and, uh, quit saying ridiculous stuff for a little while. <laughs> Love your life. Thank you. Thank you. Um, hi everybody. Uh, my name is Sarah Flannery. I know probably about half the group that I've met face to face. Um, I lead level up with these two lovely ladies, Megan and Danae. Um, my day job is uh, what I call the mortgage hustle. I'm a residential mortgage loan originator. Um, but really, I see my business as building relationships and leveraging mortgages um, as a good financial decision in your portfolio. But we are not here to talk about that because there's not much sexy about what I do. Um, <laughs> Except for you. Except for me, because I actually <laughs> did my hair tonight. But... Um, this topic, the power of saying no, um, is something that is quite um, near and dear because I'm going to start this topic off saying I am still a work in progress with this. Um, I am by no means perfect at this. I have some good tips and I'm going to share with you guys some personal stuff tonight in regards to me on stuff I've gone through and how I've overcome it and how I'm still working on it. Um, and so if you guys, during my part of the conversation, I'm going to pause for a few things and try to open it up to you guys. If you guys want to interact or ask questions, please use the chat feature. If not, it's no big deal. We'll just keep moving on. Um, normally when we all three of us talk, we really like to involve everybody. Um, it kind of is our magic. Um, so it's a little different with the Zoom because everybody's muted, but please don't hesitate to ask questions or interact while myself or Danae are talking. And, and so, Danae and I will be watching it so that you guys don't get missed. Even if she doesn't answer it right away, we'll make sure that your, your stuff gets um, answered, so. Yeah, thanks. So um, I have notes here that I'm gonna tr um, kind of work off of and then we'll kind of go from there. But um, an important part of the power of saying no is 
What's unique about this group is that all of us are women and all of us are women in different stages of our lives, businesses, and especially during this pandemic, we are all experiencing, I'm sure, some serious volatility in emotions, in business, in just assuming different roles that you didn't think you had to assume if you're a mom, moving, etc. But I think that there's something to be said to start off this conversation with in regards to our culture as women. I find that there is a certain stigma that us as women are the nurturers, caregivers, the, go the doers, um, and always kind of the fixers. And so this kind of stigma that's been brought up to us, whether it's consciously known or unconsciously known, has the ability to make us saying no a little bit harder. Um, I will say I've talked to and listened to podcasts of a lot of men. They don't struggle with this as much as we do. And by the way, I have a puppy. He may make an appearance, just FYI. <laughs> he likes to jump up on my chair. So with that being said, what I want to talk about first is what happens when we actually say yes to stuff. I think it's important to talk about this opposite here first because there's incredible power and validation when you say yes to things. And because we are nurturers and because we're caregivers and do and go-getters and all of these things, we tend to say yes so much easier. Some reasons why we say yes so much easier is because it fills us up. It makes us feel like we're accomplished, we're reaching a goal, we're stepping towards these goals that we have personally or professionally. Um, and it really kind of, it almost releases like this like instant like, ooh, I feel wanted. Ooh, yes, that feels really good. Um, but a lot of times what we find is we say yes too much. So when that starts happening, the sense of boundaries that we maybe thought we had for ourselves, the values that we had um, established within ourselves, they start getting pushed to major, major limits. And so when that starts happening, this leads to a lot of anxiety. It leads to stress. It leads to burnout. Um, it leads to your loss of potential integrity as you are personally and professionally in your business. Um, because what I have seen a lot happen, and I am guilty of this in my personal and professional life, is you commit to something, and then as soon as you do it, you're like, crap, I didn't really want to do that. And so now you already have this negative stigma towards this meeting or towards this event or whatever it may be. And so now you're already out there and you're thinking about ways to cancel. Do I have to come up with a lie in order to cancel? You know, like you're already formulating these stories in your head that are already bringing all the negativity to this one thing. And that already starts the ball rolling in that direction where it's probably not going to work out as well as you maybe wanted it to. So kind of an example that I, you know, I just kind of gave my example, but what I really, you know, want to focus on is when you're saying no, or when you're thinking about something and you get asked to it, one of the questions that I have really had to ask myself is, and pardon my language if people don't like cursing, but if it's not a fuck yes, it's no. And a lot of times that can't be thought like instantaneously. It may be you're talking to somebody and 
they ask you to do something, that sounds like a great idea. Let me check my calendar and I'll get back to you. I think there's a, also this instantaneous need to feel like we have to respond right away and we have to, it, it's gonna be great because you wanna be nice and you wanna fulfill this and fulfill that. Um, I think it's just a matter of taking that time for yourself um, and then seeing if it aligns with your values, seeing if it aligns with the boundaries that you've put up for yourself or for your business. Um, I'm still a work in progress with my boundaries. I will tell you I'm fucking horrible at them personally. <laughs> um, I always have been, and it's still a, a massive work in progress. But um, one of the things, I actually heard Oprah say this. I don't actually know when. I think it was a long time ago. But she basically said um, one of the, the traits that she does to really help hone in on when you say yes to something is how does your body feel when you actually want to do it? When it's a fuck yes, what are the feelings that your body have? You've got relaxed shoulders, your heart's open, your tits are out to the world and not in a super slutty way, but in a good way. <laughs> But, you know, like you feel good, you feel light, you feel happy, you're energized, you've got positivity, you are ready and you are planning for that meeting, that class, that speech, whatever it is that you're giving, you have all these feelings and you can identify how they feel in your body. It's different for everybody. So a tool that I've been doing is when you commit to something like that, put it on a sticky on your desk. That is the yes feeling that you want to feel when you commit to things. It's a constant reminder, put it on your mirror, put it on your desk, wherever you're spending the most time. It's a great reminder of being like, does it, does what everybody asked, whatever I got asked to do, does it make me feel this way? Because if it doesn't make you feel this way, it's okay to say no. And the other thing I want to talk about here is when we typically say no, we feel like we have to have a need to tell people why and you don't. There's no justification. There's none of that. And if somebody asks why, it just doesn't align with my values right now. Let's regroup again in six weeks. Something simple that's not standoffish. You know, I mean, to me, that's, it's easier said than done because I always find myself justifying like, I'm sorry, I really can't do that right now because I'm you know, involved, or I'm giving a lecture tonight, or I'm, 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 you know, I'm recording a podcast or something like that. There doesn't need to be justification. And even the higher ups of people, uh, again, with Oprah, Stevie Wonder is somebody that I didn't know this about Oprah, but that she like idolized and like has utmost respect for. Stevie Wonder called her and said, hey, I am sponsoring a fundraiser. Um, I want to know if you can donate X amount of money for this girl. She has no idea who this girl is, but she really likes Stevie Wonder. But when he asked her for it, she was kind of like, no, like, I don't, that, I like you, but this doesn't align with what my causes are. And she just like, it was the hardest thing for me just to say no. And all he did was like, great, I'll talk to you next time. Have a great day and walked away. So there was no pushing, there was no explanation needed. And I think that's something that we as women, especially I know a lot of women in this group need to understand is there's no reason to provide a reason, an excuse. It's just not right now. Let's regroup again, if you want to regroup again. Not right now is a beautiful, beautiful answer. 
Um, one thing that I, I'll stop for a second. Does anybody have any questions? <laughs> Ashley, this is so me, all of my whys. Yes, yes. <laughs> all good? You guys good if I keep going? Thumbs up? And cool. for those of you that joined late, please don't hesitate to jump in the chat if you guys want to make a point or say hello, and I'll make sure you guys get, get space and time after or whenever it works. So um, I'm going to go a little bit into some stuff personally that some of you may or may not know about me. Um, I am a giver and a fixer to my core. And a lot of this has come into my upbringing when I was a kiddo. Um, I was the oldest sibling. My parents were great, but I always feel like they just had a really terrible way of communicating with each other. And so I kind of just assumed this role of like, well, I'll be the middleman and I'll be the fixer. Um, and so what I also found by assuming this role in my life is I have always found that getting those praises for doing so much and for, for spreading myself too thin, it's been validation from the outside that I feel loved and accomplished versus it coming from myself that I feel loved and accomplished. So I think that's another thing that yes, brings people, that it does bring this outside validation that you're doing the right thing, you're doing a good job, you are loved, all of that. So um, I found out, um, you know, when I heard that I was like, crap, that's totally me, like to a T. Like I, and I wouldn't say I have bad self-esteem, it's just hearing it from others for me, it's just like, that's more validating to me versus it coming from myself. So, um, my parents, I grew up in New Jersey. Um, and so I moved out here about eight years ago in July, um, for a new job and a new experience. What most of you don't actually know is my parents had a, not a bad marriage, but their marriage was failing probably about five years before I moved out here. And I had finished school and I was trying to get into physical therapy school and I was living at home. And I basically, because I was a fixer and I assumed this role when I was a kid, now coming back as an adult, I was basically put into a position where I was keeping my parents' marriage together. And in very, 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 very unhealthy ways, like mediating fights. And they would text me and be like, what's for dinner? What are you making? And it just, I became like the hub of all things where I was constantly saying yes, instead of being like, no, this isn't my shit. This isn't my shit. This is your shit. Like, this is actually what you should be doing. So um, about, I don't know, six months before I decided to move out of here, things got really bad. My dad um, is an alcoholic. Um, not quite the extent of your typical alcoholic, but him and my mom got into it and he was basically drinking at his business. Um, I ran his business for almost six months before I moved out here so he could recover and get a hip replacement um, and do all those things. But basically it was wearing on me so thin. I was hitting like bad burnout, bad. There was, there was no more Sarah left basically after this. I was being stretched because I was yesing my parents and taking care of everything and doing everything. And I didn't, I had this guilt about saying no. 
right? They'd raised me, they'd done so much for me, so I really just needed to bend over backwards and do everything that I can for them. But what started happening was I was losing everything about Sarah. I lost my some of my core values, they just kind of got pushed aside because I was no longer important. I was no longer a top priority. I didn't actually know what made me feel good or what made me feel bad. Um, I kind of was numb. My physical uh, body was numb, my emotions were numb. So um, when I had the opportunity to move out here, um, I kind of was like, I don't really know. I talked to my two best friends since second and fourth grade and they were like, do it, like you have to go. If you don't get out now, we're not sure that you're ever going to get out and you ha you have to let your parents deal with their shit because you can't keep fixing it for them. Um, so I did and I thought my dad would be very, very excited for me and my mom would be super bummed. It was the complete opposite. My dad didn't talk to me for three weeks. Um, he talked to me the day before I left and the morning that I left. And after that, it was really, really strained. Um, but that was just kind of like, I finally put that boundary in place and finally said, no, I'm putting my foot down. I'm not mediating your marriage anymore. Three weeks after I moved out here, they started the divorce process. So there was these weird feelings of guilt about, I wasn't there to, the, the divorce happened because of me, because I wasn't doing enough or I wasn't doing any of that. So that is just one intertwined example about how this is personally through my family, um, that I just think it's important to know when you start putting the boundaries in place, it may suck for a little bit. There's going to be some really upset feelings where you're gonna feel guilty. You may feel like you've alienated yourself because you put in a firm boundary to people that are so used to functioning at the level that you were prior to that, um, but it gets better because now they can respect you more in regards to that boundary that you put into place because it aligns with who you are. My parents, I swear, turned into raging teenagers after they decided that they were gonna get separated. And it was horrible listening to their stories of being like, well, your father said this and your mother said this and I'm going on a date and it's like, I don't need to know this. I am your 28 year old daughter, don't care, don't need to know, figure your shit out, you're over 50. Um, but with that being said, I just wanted to share that because it's not easy saying no. But I think when you take some time especially since we all have all this time in the world right now, oddly enough, maybe not because business seems to be picking up for people, which is great. But aligning with your values and when you're about to answer something, how does it physically make you feel? If it's not, if it's giving you anxiety, if it's giving you the tension, if it's making your shoulders feel like shoulder earrings or closing off, it's not the right time for that opportunity to happen. Whatever it is, a meeting, a Zoom call, I, I, whatever that, that thing that's trying to pull you in the direction, it may not, it's trying to pull you in the direction that may not be in alignment with your values. And saying no will bring, may bring a little bit of angst in the beginning, but you will feel much better because it's giving you the opportunity to align with the people that do have what you have value-wise and align it. And so your attention is now going in the right spot where you actually want to set, to um, bring it. Um, I talked about the sticky, I think that's all that I got for right now. Any questions? I love what Cheryl said. She was, she, in, in the chat, she, how hard it is, how hard. Cheryl, hi, sweetie. I'm so excited to see you. <laughs> I love her son, by the way. <laughs> 
she was just talking about how hard it is, you know, and I think it's hard for everybody. I think everybody here can give a big thumbs up on how difficult this is and all the things attached to it. And it's hard, man. We're just all, what I, my response was, it's life, life's work. I don't think we're, this is going to be something that's super simple and easy for everybody all the time. So thank you so much, Sarah. Yeah. Sweet. I'm going to hop in. <laughs> I guess the I big D and I don't mean Dallas. The, Get it, girl. <laughs> big D is not going to catch on. I, I sincerely hope it doesn't. So if we could just. All right. Well, that. that for right now. That would be I'll answer to Nene. That's the only, that's the only nickname I will accept. That's it. Or just D. That's fine too. Um, well, welcome everybody. I'm, I'm really glad you're all here. I miss everybody so much. I could cry. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm excited about this and your girl made a PowerPoint. So level up first, actually preparing in advance for the things that we're doing. So thank goodness for screen sharing capabilities is my PowerPoint. We're talking today about the power of saying no, um, and how awesome it is when you get to say yes, right? Because when you say yes, uh, we want it to be enthusiastic. We don't want it to be begrudging sometimes. Look, we all have to do stuff that we don't want to do sometimes, right? We can't eliminate every single thing from our life. I can't just say no to taking out the trash and doing the dishes and, um, you know, taking my dog for a walk at six in the morning. Like I can't say no to those things because those are still important, even if I'm not enthusiastic about doing them. But um, I'm talking about the things that are kind of uh, arbitrary, right? You have, the, you have the choice of how you structure your life and what you're willing to accept and what you're not, at least to an extent. And I want to explore what that looks like. So um, there's a couple, let me, let me make sure that this, this moves and progresses the way it's supposed to. Okay. Um, has anybody read uh, Girl Stop Apologizing? Uh, okay, it's a Rachel Hollis book. It's her second book, and I, I prefer it to her, her first one, which is Girl Wash Your Face. And I like it because she goes into all of the reasons that she's just not sorry for saying no to things. And I really appreciated that because I feel like I am constantly apologizing for just living my life, right? Every time I have to change a commitment on somebody, I'm so, so sorry. Anytime. I have to switch around my schedule. I'm so sorry. Um, anytime I'm asking for somebody's attention, I'm, I'm just asking for a quick second to get your opinion on something, right? Everything I do, I feel like I'm very apologetic about. And that's not how life is supposed to be. But whenever, whenever we're talking about the power of yes and the power of no, um, I think we all have to dive in and realize that when you're saying yes to one thing, you're always saying no to something else whether or not you realize it. So sometimes that's yes to a client appointment, but maybe that's no to spending out time out outside, you know, focused on your own self-care. Um, sometimes it's yes to a speaking engagement, but it's no to a family priority event, right? There's all these different things that we're saying yes or no to at any given time. And that's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just something we have to realize. We have a limited amount of time and a limited amount of energy and we should be saying yes enthusiastically to the things that are good for us and fit within our principles and our values and where it is that we're going, what our end game is, um, and do that unapologetically. And I think that's the hardest part of this. I like what Sarah was saying, and we'll talk a little bit later about saying yes and saying no, even when it's an inconvenience to somebody else, which I think is the hardest part. Is like Sarah mentioned, 
a lot of the times we're used to putting other people's needs before our own. And that's not a bad thing. I love that I'm part of a community that's part of people who want to uh, what's called, you know, tend and befriend, right? People who want to build and grow and connect and help each other constantly. I love that we're part of a community like that, but it's really difficult to start setting boundaries on our own time. So what I like is this, I like this quote. The, the cool thing about having Kindle on your computer is when you copy and paste a quote, it automatically cites it for you. So that's pretty neat. Um, so thank you to Kindle for that. Um, but I like this, this quote, it says, remember, if everything is important, then nothing is. If everything demands your attention, you'll never have focus. If you allow other people to dictate your schedule to you, they absolutely will. And I can say that Sarah probably knows that's the case. And I'm sure a lot of others of you know that as well. Um, let me go back here for, for a second. Um, because we, ha we all have people in our lives who depend on us for different things. And I can tell you that if I left it to others, what my schedule would look like if I did exactly what my senior partner told me to, or if I lived exactly the way that my mom wants me to, right? Or if I did exactly what my boyfriend wanted me to, my life would look totally different than exactly how I'm trying to structure it myself for my, for my own self, for my own well-being, and what I want. So if everything is important, nothing is. If you're saying yes to everything, then what are you saying no to, right? How have you actually structured your life? So I, I'm going to do some swearing. So if that bothers you, put me on mute for a minute, but you're still going to see the bad words. Um, the Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck is an influential book for me. If you haven't read this one, um, it's right there with the, the life-changing art of tidying up, right, along the same lines. Um, but you know, here are the basics. You know, when, she, when she's in this book, she talks about how basically the people who can confidently not give a fuck about anything are first of all children right kids don't care they say no to whatever they want and they say yes to whatever they want right I know there's pressures on them sometimes but for the most part kids don't care right they just do what they want they tell you when they're hungry and they eat when they're hungry they tell you when they're sad they tell you when they're tired you know they tell you all of this stuff uh, the second kinds of people are, are assholes, right? People who don't care about other people, and so they do whatever they want regardless. And then the third kind of people are the very enlightened, right? People who know how to set boundaries on their time and on their energy and on their resources and their commitments without making people feel like they don't care. And all of you guys are experts at that in this point because you do care about other people. And saying no doesn't mean that you have to be inconsiderate. I don't think that's the case at all. I know that you guys are pros enough where, where that definitely doesn't have to be the case. So here are the basics of not giving a fuck, right? The first is that not giving a fuck means that you're allowing yourself to say, no, I don't want to, I don't have time, or I can't afford it, okay? Those are all valid reasons to say no to something. I think that like exactly as Sarah said, you don't necessarily have to qualify all of your no's. Um, granted, you can still be kind to people, right? We're not saying fuck off anytime somebody wants a bit of our time and energy, right? It's valuable, but that's not how we interact with people because we still care. But you're allowed to say, no, that doesn't fit in with, with my priorities right now. And I, I said that in a class one time, and one of the women I was teaching to said, well, I would never tell somebody that they aren't a priority in my life. And that's not what I mean. You have to tell people that they aren't priorities, but you can tell people that certain activities aren't a priority for you. That's totally fine. Um, but then I don't have time. I, I, I kind of shy away from this one a little bit because you have time for what you make time for, but it's okay to say that I'm prioritizing my time for other things right now. You know, um, I know that if somebody tells me that they want to do 
you know, right now I'm not in a season of my, my life at this point where I want to do a, uh, somebody asked me if I wanted to do a, a heavy workout challenge. I already did that this year. I'm done. I don't want to do it again right now. Like it, it's not something I want to spend my time and energy on. And I'm, I'm, I don't have any issues telling people that. Um, and then I can't afford it. I don't care if you use those words, but I cannot tell you how many times I have committed to something that I needed to spend money on and then immediately regretted it because I needed that money for other things. Right. And that's part of the advice that I give people. For those of you who don't know me, I should have introduced myself, I guess. Uh, my name's Danae. I'm a financial advisor. <laughs> so um, I have this conversation with people all the time. You shouldn't have to spend money to impress people that you don't really care about impressing. Right? I think it's Dave Ramsey who says that. I know a couple of you are big Dave Ramsey fans, but he talks about it all the time. You know, saying no to things that aren't actually important to you to impress people who you don't actually care about, right? It shouldn't be, it should be a no brainer. We have a lot of pressure on us. So not giving a fuck crucially means releasing yourself from the worry, anxiety, fear, and guilt associated with saying no. It's allowing you to stop spending time you don't have with people you don't like doing things you don't wanna do. The hard part about this is I feel like a lot of the times when we're saying no, it's not to people who we don't care about, right? There aren't that, people, that many people in my life who I dislike, if I'm being completely honest. I've done a pretty good job of, of crafting my circle to be with people like you guys, people who don't drain me, who give me energy, people who are kind and caring and giving and things like that. But do people still bring things to me or commitments or time engagements that I don't want to spend my time on? Yeah, definitely. And so releasing yourself from the fear and the anxiety and all of the weight of that, that sometimes I'm getting ready to hop on an appointment and I'm like, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have agreed to this in the first place. And what a terrible energy to go into an appointment with. That'll dictate my results a lot of the time too. Right? So also not giving a fuck means that you're taking care of yourself first. Like fixing your own oxygen mask before helping others. And I cannot tell you, you know, for, for those of you who don't know me again, um, I run my, my life and my business with, with my boyfriend, right? We're both financial advisors. We live together. We work together. Um, we do a lot of stuff together and I'm so focused on all the time on how I can make Cameron's life better on how I can help him with his tracking when we're doing business or how I can make sure that he actually eats because guys do this stupid thing where he's not stupid, by the way, but he does this stupid thing where he just doesn't plan his meals out throughout the day. So he'll be angry, like totally hangry, just like furious, like super irritated and have no mental connection that that's why, right? And so I'm always trying to make sure that he's just eating. I'm just constantly putting food in front of him. Right? I'm, always, I'm always trying to take care of him. And I know you guys do the same thing for the people in your life because that's how we're set up. And you know, I cannot tell you how many times I've asked, hey, how can I help you? How can I help you? What can I do to make your day easier? And he'll say, just take care of yourself, right? Just take care of you. You know, do the self-care you need. Exercise, drink water, eat healthy things, sleep enough, take care of yourself so that we're both in better moods. We're both in better positions because we're around each other a lot. And if one of us is in a bad mood, guess what? We're both going to be in a bad mood. So if I'm, if I'm taking care of myself, if I'm protecting my time, if I'm protecting my energy, if I'm protecting my resources, this is Stella, everybody, for, for those of you who don't know her, she's our special guest. Um, you know, if, I'm, if I'm protecting those things for myself, that means that I have more to give. And what I have to give is a better quality. Because if I say yes to everything and I'm so burnt out on all the time and energy I've spent, 
what I have left to give is minimal and not good enough, right? Not good enough for the people that I want to give my time and energy to. I'm not a high enough level, not a high enough standard. I have a high standard for myself and my actions. And I want to make sure that I have enough energy to maintain that. And then well, here we go. Come on, dude. And then not giving a fuck means reducing mental clutter and eliminating annoying people and things from your life to free up space to truly enjoy all of the things that you do give a fuck about, right? What are the things we're going to go through in a second here? My hell yeah list and my it's a no list, right? Because there are plenty of things that I care about and I have to remind myself that those are the things that I care about. And every time I let my life get cluttered with things I don't care about, it takes time away from the things that I do want and I do want to focus my time and energy on. So um, we're reducing our mental clutter. I don't want my calendar to be full just for the sake of being full. But I like what, what Sarah talked about and we're going we're gonna to chat about this and I would love to get your, you guys' opinion and uh, experience with it as well because I will say, this is, this is my experience anyway, people are often supportive of your aspirations, right? But they aren't comfortable with the reality involved. Okay. So yeah, I love the idea of you getting into shape. I love that for you. I love when people say that. Oh, I love that for you. Um, I love the idea of you getting healthier until you stop making bacon for breakfast. Has anybody ever tried to get healthy while cooking for a family or cooking for a partner or a spouse who doesn't have the same eating habits as you? And you're trying so hard to, to feed yourself in a way that's healthy and then they come home with, I'm like, okay, okay, go get groceries. And they come home with potato salad and um, fried chicken on sale from the deli and a bunch of Easter candy that was on sale. It's like, wow, that's exactly what I was hoping for when I, <laughs> when I asked for groceries, right? I love the idea of you getting healthier until you stop making bacon for breakfast, right? I love you spending more time with your family, find your boss, right? I love the idea of that, how fun for you, until you're not spending as much time at work. I know in the industry I'm in, and maybe in the industry that you guys are in as well, if, if that's the case, right? I love the idea of you spending more time with your family, but don't spend too much time with your family because maybe you'll be neglecting your work. Are you getting as much done as you, as you could be or should be if you're spending so much time at home with your kids? It's a lot of pressure on that one. I'm, I love, this is, this is my favorite and this one is probably the hardest. Oh, I love the idea of you starting a business and doing something exciting for yourself until you start asking for feedback or asking for introductions, right? Has anybody had that experience? You start something new and you start calling people in your life or getting together with them and telling them about what you're doing and all of a sudden they don't want anything to do with that? Or does that mean that it's a no for you? Does that mean that that yes that you were so enthusiastic about isn't a yes anymore because other people find it an inconvenience? That's really frustrating. And I think that's the hardest part of this as well, right? Because I can tell you, I'm saying yes to myself over and over and over again. Yes to the things that I want. Yes to my career path. Yes to doing business and building something amazing for myself. And along the way, there are going to be people who don't see that as a hard yes for them. And maybe it's even an inconvenience, right? Is it really an inconvenience? Maybe, maybe not. But when you're, when you're taking a hard yes or a hard no to something, you're going to come up with these things, right? Will, you, will it still be a yes when you reach a little bit of opposition, right? So I'm going to stop for a second and, and read some chats here and see where everybody's at because, um, yeah, it's not a priority to them. That's, that's a good point, Kathleen. And I, I do want to recommend, 
I do want to say just for a second here that I think a lot of the the issues is totally a tangent, but whatever. It's our group. We can go on tangents. Um, it, it's a tangent, but I see people get into business all the time. And for, for those of you who don't have a lot of, a lot of context, um, I do a lot of teaching and training and mentoring for, for new advisors within my firm as well. And, you know, they're, they're so gung ho about everything that they're doing. And all of a sudden they've just blown their partner. They've blown their friends out of the water because all of a sudden it's the only thing that they care about. And they're willing to just bulldoze people with all of their excitement and their energy and things like that without being really considerate about how it'll actually affect somebody else's life. Right. So when I'm saying yes, aggressively to something, that doesn't mean I'm saying no to my partner's priorities, right? Or no to my family's priorities. It means that we take all of those things in account, right? So um, lots, lots of stuff here that we could dive into. I could probably dive into that last one for a uh, long, long time. But you're right, Kathleen, it's not, it's not always a priority to other people. And we can't expect that. We have to meet people where they're at while still being confident 100% about the yeses and no's that we're making. So. I like what you're saying, Clark. Uh, I seriously pride myself on being a person who doesn't make others feel, others feel bad for saying no to. I know friendships that have been destroyed by one friend saying no or I can't, and that's so ridiculous. When people say no to my ass, I don't ask for a reason. I don't question my value or my relationship with that person. That contributes to the whole toxic idea that we all need to say yes to everything. That was really solid, Clark. You're very insightful. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, right? And I don't expect everybody to say to say yes to everything, but just know that even if you're a slight inconvenience, that doesn't change the validity of what your yeses or your no's are. And let's see, guys. I don't know why my slides hate advancing while I'm on screen share. Okay, so where does this show up in, in your life? And that's, those, are, those are my discussion questions here is, has that shown up for you? Where you're trying to prioritize something new, where you're aggressively saying yes or saying hard pass to something else and people in your life, because it's inconveniencing them, don't see that as a yes or a no for them. And I know some of you guys kind of answered that, but feel free to hop in with your own experiences here. And then are you confident in your yes and your no that you can't be talked out of it, even if it inconveniences someone else? And I'm not talking about life changing. I'm not talking about deciding you're going to pick up your whole family and move to another state or something. I'm talking about yeses that you're making every day for yourself, right? So again, feel free to hop in with, with your chat and responses here. So this is, this is my no list. It's going to be a no for me, dog, right? Just like an American Idol. Uh, these are the things that I am very assertively and confidently saying no to right now. Hop it. I would love to get all of your responses on this, even if they're silly, like the weirder, the better, throw them up there. Uh, taking on clients who don't trust or respect me. Okay? So if somebody has, for instance, uh, let's say they're significantly older and they don't necessarily respect young women. Going to be a no right off the bat. Somebody who bulldozes me in conversation, mm -mm, it's a no, right? But I do have a very aggressively um, masculine partner who I'm more than happy to pass business to, right? So I don't take on clients who don't trust or respect me. That's the first one. Uh, I don't get into arguments on Facebook with people who are dumb, okay? That's a huge time waster. You're not going to change anybody's mind on Facebook, or if you do, it's a Christmas miracle, right? Not worth the time. Uh, drinking just to feel included at social gatherings, right? I know that that one's kind of personal for me, but 
I, I get really bad headaches when I drink and it doesn't make me feel good. You know, it's totally a depressant for me. And I cannot tell you how many times I've just wanted to have a drink in my hands to feel included, right? I'm an adult and I understand that peer pressure isn't a thing like it was when, when I was a kid. They were like, yeah, everybody's going to be trying to make you do drugs and, and drink and things like that. Nobody has ever once tried to pressure me into doing drugs. I found those on my own, but the drinking, uh, people do all the time, right? They make you feel dumb or, or like you're not participating if you're not drinking, right? That's a no. I'm never going to get pressured into that because it makes me feel bad, okay? <laughs> I don't want to. Um, giving up interests or hobbies because of other, what other people might think. Not necessarily what other people do think, but because of what other people might think. Okay, weird things that, that I'm into. And here's, here's another fun that I'll share. So go ahead and uh, throw your weird things that you've given up because of what other people would think. Um, big ones for me. Okay, I, I was homeschooled growing up, for those of you who, who don't know. Um, I only have weird talents, right? I only have weird talents and interests. I don't know why that is, but I spent a lot of time developing those weird talents and interests. Um, when I was a kid... I, okay, here's, here's one of my weird interests for those of you who, who don't know me that well. I love Star Wars stuff, okay? I'm not just going to like go out dressed like a stormtrooper, but I've seen every movie seven or eight times. I've seen all of the Clone Wars. I've seen all of Star Wars Rebels. I've read a lot of fan fiction, and that's something that I really enjoy. But you know what? I don't talk about it much because I'm worried about what other people might think, right? Who cares? That's something that I enjoy. Here's another one. Uh, for those of you who, who don't know me again that well, I, um, I taught dance for years, right? And not only did I teach dance, I taught competitive pole dancing. So again, for those of you who don't know me, that's something that I don't post about on Facebook a lot anymore. I don't talk about because I'm worried about what other people might think, right? But that's something that I've really gotten a lot of, a lot of you know, uh, fulfillment from. It's just doing things that I care about regardless of what other people think. So those are things that we're saying yes to. So weird hobbies. I love it. Bring it on. Thank you for everybody who, who loves Star Wars as, as well. Thanks for that, guys. But I had plenty of other weird talents as a kid that I gave up on. I won my college talent show hula hooping. Um, I was on a jump rope team when I was a kid. I'm really good at that. I know how to make balloon animals, but that one doesn't come up much anymore. You know, I have all sorts of weird things that I completely pushed to the side because I, I, did it, I didn't think it was important. And guess what? Now I'm in a place where I'm not spending the time and energy on the things I love. And it's really taken a toll. I can't tell you how many times I've burned out because I'm not spending time taking care of myself and doing things that, that fill me up again, right? Um, let's see. Quick. Uh, packing my schedule for the sake of being busy. That's, that's a no for me, dog. We're not doing that anymore. I know that Megan's probably nodding uh, because she's told me over and over and over again, like, uh, activity doesn't necessarily mean productive. Hey, uh, Danae. Yeah. You are showing up versus the slide. And I don't know if that was intentional or not. Is that, is that true for everybody? Is everybody seeing me and not the slide? No, I think it's one of your settings. Andrea, are you on a computer? No, my phone. I'll figure it out. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Natalie was a varsity badminton captain for anybody who's who's on here. Amazing. I love, I love weird talents. Okay. Uncomfortable clothes. I, when I started in finance, I wore heels for the first six months. I didn't go a day without wearing four or five inch heels. Not an exaggeration. 
Uh, Cameron didn't know when we started dating how short I was. He thought I was like 5'9". I'm not. I am 5'5". Okay. Uncomfortable clothes. I don't do it anymore. Come on. Oh, compromising my standards or my morals to match somebody else's, right? I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to be a part of a conversation anymore where I feel uncomfortable, where I have, I feel like, especially working with a lot of men, I work with a lot of great guys, but I'm not going to be in a conversation where people are making stupid or inappropriate jokes. Granted, I have my own share of inappropriate jokes, but not at other people's expense, right? And then spending money that already has a purpose on things that I know, oh, last one. On things that I know don't matter. Now, I'm not here to shame anybody for spending money on things that they want to spend money on. Anybody who's actually sat down with me as an advisor hopefully knows that my priority is to get you to a place where you know you're spending enough money on the things that really matter that you can spend the rest of your money freely without anxiety. Right? I think that's a way more fun situation. However, I don't want to be at a point where I'm ever pressured to spend money that already has a purpose that's more important. I'm, so uh, here's my my hell yeah list. Okay. So feel free to, to add some on here too. throw them in the chat. Uh, I do want to spend money on healthy food that fuels me and I spend extra time to prepare it at home. That's a yes, right? I'll take less appointments in the evening. If I know it means that I can actually spend time preparing a meal, that's, that's going to fuel me instead of make me feel bad. Uh, saving for my own personal badass lady office. Some of you guys have heard me talk about this. I know exactly what I want my office to look like. I picked out the furniture, I picked out the artwork, I picked out the really cool Samsung frame TV that I can use to show clients documents and things like that. It's going to be awesome. That's one thing that I do want to save money for, and I'll prioritize that over a lot of other stuff. Um, my hell yeah is insisting that we also watch my shows sometimes too, because uh, Cameron, I don't know, this, is, this, is kind of, this isn't that personal. Cameron hates musicals. I love musicals, and it makes him very uncomfortable when people are dancing. I love shows that have music and dancing on it, okay? So sometimes we watch my shows too. Those are my hell yeahs and I will protect those. Uh, going to bed early without FOMO, without the fear of missing out. That's a big one for me because I feel like I should be staying up later and enjoying my free time, especially when I have kind of a packed schedule. Nope, my yeahs right now are going to bed and if I'm still not ready to go to sleep, then I'm going to read. And then going above for my clients because... I actively choose to work with them, right? By deciding who it is that are my people that I want to work with, which includes some of you guys, right? I can go above and beyond for those people because I have time to do that now. If I was taking every client, if I was calling, if I was cold calling all day and picking up people who aren't a fit for me or my principles or my business or the way that I do things, I'm obviously a little bit touchy-feely as a person and that's not a fit for everybody. But for the people who it is a fit for, it works really well, and I can spend more time and energy on, on those clients. Okay. Uh, reading for fun. We talked about this. I know I'm not the only one who's focused on this right now. I'm back to my Star Wars books, you guys. So um, there's other stuff I'm reading too, but that's, that's what I have going on at the moment. And then uh, listening to my body when it tells me to do more and when it tells me to do less. Uh, we will definitely have some sort of a hormone-focused episode coming up on the Level Up podcast soon. But I, I know that over the last few years, I have thrown my body into complete imbalance in a lot of different ways by saying yes to a lot of things that I shouldn't have, right? Saying yes to doing appointments all day long, saying no to doing the workouts that I know improve me and my, and my well-being and my confidence, all of those things. 
And I, I had, there have been so many times where I've pushed through days where I felt miserable. And guess what? I didn't get the results I wanted from those appointments. I know you guys will probably feel the same way if you do the same thing. And then my hell yeah list, the end is uh, spending time in relationships that build me up instead of drain me. That's important. And you guys are those relationships. So when I'm saying yes to conversations with you guys, it's going to be a hell yeah every time, right? But it's not always the case with everybody else. I know that part of why we founded this group in the first place, for those of you who haven't been here with us all along, is because we were all sick of going to networking events and dealing with conversations that were totally soul-sucking. Thank you, Sarah, for the term, copyright, trademark. Um, you know, we were tired of those conversations. And so guess what? I don't have those conversations anymore because I've actively sought out people like you guys. And that's why we do this. So that's all I've got for you. But I, I want to dive in for a little bit. We can, we, can, um, we can do a little bit of masterminding like we always do. So uh, feel free to raise your hand, to throw it in the chat if you have extra, um, if you have extra questions. There's a lot of good stuff. So even if you want to just throw out there really quick, what's, what's a hell yeah for you? Or what's a, it's going to be a no for me, dog, right? Give me, give me a couple of them. It doesn't have to be the Danae and Sarah and Megan show. So go ahead and, and throw it out there. You can unmute yourself if you want to share. Yeah, Danae, if you want to end your sharing, perfect, great. I think the first thing that came up for me that wasn't covered was really um, this piece about how I tend to I tend to get really worried about saying yes because I'm so uh, like energetically influenced. Like, what's going to happen when I show up there? How am I going to feel? Who am I going to be around? Like, I'm just so tender to the energies of others. So uh, like for me, having this list is something that would be super empowering. I ask that question, like who could use this list? Like I could use this list because I could know like this and keep track of that and develop it across time to really understand like this isn't good for me. This isn't good for my energy. This isn't good for the way that it affects me and how I deal with my family and my clients and myself after it. So for me, the first thing that I realized, of course, was how can I develop this into a tool that I can use to make easier decisions um, in how I go forward because I am so porous to like hanging out with certain people or and being in certain events and being around certain things. So thank you for that, Danae, because that's really what it put up, put up for me was it makes my decision making a lot easier and, and, and in that it lowers my like uh, just like frustration around trying to make a decision. No, I've got a, I've got a tool I can, that'll help me make that decision. So that's why I really loved it. Great. Thanks. I'm glad that resonated with you. What, what else? Who else you guys? Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know why, Danae, whenever you ask for speaking out, I always do. And it's not to <laughs> my MO. I don't know. Anyway, I'm pretty proud of myself because uh, this month in April, I said no to attending a networking group that I'm very much a member of the group. I've been in for three years. Um, I love all the ladies. However, they are, have gone to online meetings like this, and it's a group that there's a monthly fee to be a member of. And then with their online meetings, they were going to charge for the online meetings on top of that. And it's a very large uh, 
profitable networking group. And it, and it was hard and it, it, it just didn't resonate with me to do that. I, I came so close to doing it and I just got that, you know, like to your point, see what it, what does it feel like in your body? Um, Sarah, it's like, what is it? And it just didn't feel right. And so I, you know, put aside what everyone's going to think of me and didn't, and haven't attended. And, you know, lo and behold, no one's at, no one's reached out to ask if I was okay, which is fine either way. I'm still in contact with my friends in the group. Um, but it was just very uh, palpable how much relief I felt because I was standing up for my own values. I was sticking to my own values instead of doing something that I thought I should do. And in the past, I would have never done that. I would ever, I would have just attended because it was what I thought was the right thing to do. I'm glad that you shared that. Um, and, and I always appreciate you responding when I, when I tell you <laughs> to talk. You always have good things to say. Um, I guess I'll, I'll kind of pin onto that too with, I think that just because something is a yes or a no at one point doesn't mean that that answer can't change over time. Because before, uh, you know, in my experience, before we started Level Up, I was actually in charge of a couple other groups. And there's a reason that I'm doing Level Up now and I'm not doing those other groups anymore, right? When I started one of the other ones, it was a young professionals group. And we had a ton of momentum when we started. We had a lot of energy and a lot of people who were really dedicated. But over a while, that energy changed. And so after a while, all of, the, all of the work was on me. I was the only one who was showing up early and being proactive and getting things done. And so by the end, it wasn't, it wasn't a yes like it was when I started. It was, it was a no. So it's okay to evaluate as things go on. And just because you um, committed to something in the beginning doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a fit for you or a hell yeah for forever, right? Yep. And Danae, I'm, I mean, I know I talked about this with uh, Megan and Danae, but Anne, I was in the same boat not too long ago. Um, industry specific networking group that I basically grew from the ground up and the format of the meeting started to change because that's how the person that runs that um, networking group wanted it to be we were implementing it um, and I felt like I was showing up and giving to everybody and then no one really like cared about anything else it was Sarah will do it Sarah will fix it Sarah will come up with the ideas and it just started to drain. And just like Danae said, I was talking to Danae and Megan and they were like, things change with what you need out of networking. And there's nothing wrong with you. You grew, right? You got what you needed from that team, from that group. And that, and it, it changes. And I stepped away and I actually got more feedback from the group, having more respect for me for stepping away versus just keeping showing up and, and, and pushing through it because I wasn't showing up as my 100% self anymore. Like I was showing up at 75. I was showing up at 65. So, you know, even though nobody's reached out yet to check in with you, Anne, I still think the relationships that you value from that group and what you got from it will come to fruition. Um, but, you know, there's nothing to feel, you know, you read your body. You did exactly what you needed to do and you made a great decision. Um, has anybody else had that experience with, um, with people before? So what I'm, what I'm talking about here is, uh, you know, most of my background before I got into finance was, was the service industry. And all that means, uh, it's a fancy way of saying bartending. I bartended for a really long time. Um, and the friends that I had 
while I was in the service industry, while I was bartending and working at resorts and nightclubs and ranches and things like that, um, there was a really specific group of people. And the way that we bonded then was because uh, we were all kind of in, in the trenches together. You know, we were all working really hard. At some point when I was living on a resort, we all actually lived in the same place too. Um, in, in Jackson Hole, like there, the, the relationships that I built through bartending were totally different, although good, right? I made good friends while I was there, but our relationship was almost specifically based on that context. And so now, years later, I've worked really hard to self-develop into somebody who's always improving and growing and, you know, looking for something else. I have a vision for my life. Like I'm, I'm very goal oriented and it's not that I've cut those people out of my life by any means, but after adding more people in who fit that, it's really hard to want to say yes to commitments with those people, right? Because we just don't have anything in common anymore. And although I love and I care about those people, like, is, you know, that's kind of a no for me now. You know, the time I, I want to spend with them is limited because I don't bond over, you know, who's sleeping with who in the restaurant. Like, that's just not where my, you know, where my idea of a, of a good time is. So anyway, anybody else experience anything like that as you're kind of growing and changing and getting to a new you know, level in your life? I think those transition times are always difficult. I think uh, like everybody can can understand when you're going through a transition in your life and whether that's the people that you're surrounded with or the job that you're doing or your life phases, transition's difficult. And um, it's, you know, unsightly sometimes and uncomfortable all the time. And um, so I think one of the things that I see all the time when people are trying to move into that next phase, that next transition, we call it leveling up, whatever you want to call it, um, is you have to allow yourself the time to just really accept that the pain is part of the process um, and that there's a little bit of time that's going to feel weird, right? And um, I think if I'm just going to give a little bit of inside baseball with every client that I ever deal with that I'm pushing them up to the next next phase or the next thing that they're doing like i i'm i'm always talking them through like it's okay to feel weird right now like you're supposed to feel weird if this was totally comfortable we're not making any changes and so when you're putting in like stronger boundaries around your life i know for me it's super super uncomfortable and um so like when you have to change that phase and part of that is just what today and sarah said was you have to start saying no to things you said yes to in the past um, it's hard, man. That's uncomfortable, but you have to know that that's part of the process. Right. And I, I don't know that, um, that is something people like expect when they walk into that phasing process. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely I go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I don't know if you guys have any recommendations. I'm usually pretty good about saying yes to things I want to and no to things that I don't want to, but I found myself struggling because I pride myself on doing business with people that do business with me. And I recently just had one of my best clients ask me to do a joint event with her. And I, I really like her products just don't align with my values. So I'm having a hard time. Like I want to help her, but at the same time, I don't. I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, how do I, you know, still 
keep that relationship where it's like, oh, you, you support my business, but I won't support you. And I, I'm kind of having a hard time with that. I don't think that your response is, I won't support you. I think yeah. you're, you're anybody with a business and I'm sorry, I jumped in here. Um, but I think anybody with a business, your, your first duty is to what are the needs of you and what are the needs of the business. And if it doesn't line up with the needs for your business right now, it's totally okay to say, you know what, that's just not right for my business right now. I'm happy to reevaluate in X amount of time. Um, but right now, that's just not, not the place I need to be. I've got too many other things going on or it just doesn't align right now. And that's totally okay. And just like Clark said, you're, she is so spot on with this. Uh, she's Catherine in the chat, um, for those of you guys, um, <laughs> you're okay. Um, but, uh, just like Clark said, like, it's okay that you don't have to qualify that you don't have to give an answer to that. And there's, there's people out there that are like, okay. And you don't owe an answer for that. It's just not the right timing for your business right now, Brandy. And that's fine. That's okay. And it's the right thing for you to do for your business. Yeah. And I had told her that a couple months back that timing wasn't good. And so she circled back again. And I'm like, how many times can I say that to her? Like, I don't want to put her off when deep down, I, I don't feel like it would be a good fit to do a joint event. You know what I mean? So if that's the case then, because I, I think that a lot of the time that is the case that one of our, you know, in, in that Rachel Hollis book too, one of the, the phrases I really liked that I chose not to include, but she was talking about how, you know, we're supposed to have this um, touch it once mentality when it comes to like our emails, right? Has anybody heard that, that phrasing before? Mm. Okay. So you read an email and then you deal with it immediately, right? You get a text, you deal with it immediately. So you're only touching it once, right? So the idea was that if somebody's asking you for something, if they're asking you to do something or asking for a commitment or something like that, then that has to be a touch it once conversation. If you're a hundred percent sure that you're maybe, or you're not right now, isn't a no. Okay. Because if it's actually a no, if it's not a perhaps or a maybe, then you're going to be getting the same conversation over and over and over again. If it's about timing, then guess what? If somebody tells me that it's about timing, you better believe I'm going to check back in at another time because that's not a no, that's a not right now. Did anybody ever, I don't watch the show anymore, but did anybody ever watch How I Met Your Mother? Oh yeah. Okay, it cracks me up because the girl on the show, her name is Lily, and she has this ex named Scooter, okay? And Scooter is always trying to date her, okay? He's always trying to date her, and she can't say no to him. She always says, you know what? It's just, it's not gonna work out right now, right? She always adds right now as a qualifier on the end to it. And so guess what? He keeps trying to date her because she has that qualifier on there. So having a conversation, even if it's, and I, Brandy, I totally feel you because I'm in the exact same spot all the time is like, you know, I want to support people, but sometimes things just aren't a fit. Sometimes not everything can be a yes. And instead of having to say maybe, and then come back and I, I would much rather somebody give me a real no and tell me why then make me feel like they're ghosting me or like they're not being straightforward or like they're just, you know, yanking my chain, you know, I'd much rather I get an actual no, even if it's kind of painful in the first place, right? At least I know where I stand. You know, one of the things that I do when I walk into conversations, like, um, I get, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we all do get those LinkedIn messages, like let's set up a one-on-one -on -one conversation so I can tell you about my business, blah, blah, blah all that stuff. So usually what I do now as a, as a precursor is I'm happy to meet with you because I value any connection, but I just want to make sure that you understand, like, 
I'm not going to be doing business or I already have somebody for this or whatever. I'm happy to explore our connections. I, I know Brandy, this doesn't help you with your connection that you already have established, but with new connections, I do this. Like, I just want to be really clear. These are the boundaries that I'm currently setting. I'm teaching them how to treat me in this next meeting already before we get there. And so I set those boundaries and I give them what I, I let them know what opportunity the, the conversation will present for both of us before I get there. And um, that's been really, really helpful to me because I don't walk into the conversation with anxiety already. Like, oh my gosh, when is the, when is the moment in this conversation where I'm going to have to say no to them? When you know, we walk in and you're going to have to say no. I already set those boundaries beforehand and say, hey, look, I don't think we're a great fit for coaching or I don't think that I'm going to be signing on to your account or whatever it is. Um, but I'd love to meet with you and hear more. And this is why. And so that's helped me um, as well. Uh, just like giving, uh, like addressing the elephant in the room before anybody's wondering why the elephant's in the room is, is super helpful to me. Brandy, is it an event that they want you to do or is it a class or? It's an online event and just her products just don't align with my values. And yeah. so like I keep trying to think of like, is there somebody I can refer her to or something like that? But because I don't want to completely put her off because, you know, like I said, I like to help everyone, especially if they're my client and they've helped me. Um, so I've been just trying to think of a solution to still help, but not do the joint events. Yeah, there's well, a couple of people in chat talking about like, how can you support in other ways? I know Anne was one that said it, and there was somebody else that said it too. Sorry, chat's going by pretty quick for me right now, especially when I jabber on for five minutes at a time. But uh, somebody else said it as well. Like there's other ways than like a, a straight partnership relationship that you could help. Is there, is there other, uh, maybe ways that you could brainstorm to be of service because it sounds like that's what you want to do. Um, well, just I was going to say, why don't you ask? So I can't, I can't do the online class. Um, but what, is there any ways that I can help you make this successful? Are you looking for a certain vendor? Are you doing this? Because you may not, you may be thinking in your head, what you what maybe she wants but maybe you don't know if she's missing something mm. or maybe she has everything there but you still put that out, offer out there um you know to be of help and to be of value and you know you close you close it you know what i mean because i think that's the way that you're gonna be able to kind of give yourself a little bit of closure with it and as well as still feel like you're contributing even though you're not physically bringing your business to that Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I like that idea asking her, just saying, how else can I support you? And see yeah. what it does, so. Yeah. I mean, that, that may come with, that might come with sharing and blasting on a social thing, blasting to your database if you want. Like, we don't even, we don't even know what it is. It could be nothing, right? It could be yeah. nothing right now, but who, who knows? It's worth, it's worth the ask if that relationship's important. Well, and I think Ann Brecky has some really, really specific insight on this because that's something that she does in her business is some party stuff. So, and what other ways would it be, if you don't mind me throwing you under the bus here while you're eating your dinner, um, what other ways would be helpful for you Just if somebody approached I'm sorry? Put it in the chat. 
Oh, yeah, I was putting it in the chat, but I was saying like maybe an introduction or a connection to a different power partner or um, I don't know, or you could attend her party and comment and things that just not be like a co-hostess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. One thing I heard her say, though, was that the values didn't align with her. And I don't know if you want to put your name with that or not. That's something you're going to have to determine based on your values, right? Right. I, I think you're going to, like, it's, it's obvious for anybody who interacts with you, Brandy, that you're a person who's very authentic about just connecting people for, for their best interest, right? You just care about people. You do the right thing. I can't imagine that if somebody got a no from you, they'd be like, wow what a bitch like because no it's I mean it's obvious you're very authentic like you obviously care about people like if that's the way that you act all the time and I think that that's actually the biggest part about this is that if you act all the time like you care about people because we do right then I think that the no's that we're that we're giving aren't going to be as badly received as we think they are right right so um I agree. There's a million other ways that you can add value to somebody. I mean, I have a whole list that I teach on sometimes, um, but there's, there's so many different things, right? You can make introductions to somebody who maybe even knows people who are a better fit, or, you know, I'd love to invite you to level up. Maybe there are some women there who, who like what you're doing, or, you know, are networking events helpful for you? Are like our blog posts or podcasts, are those helpful for you? Like there's a million other ways besides just supporting people and you're, you're super sharp. So I know that you, you probably know most of that too. Um, was Great. that was that helpful, Brandy? Did you feel like you it got was an helpful? Yeah, okay. like I think I gleaned a couple of things, and I'm like, okay, yes, I think I can do that and feel good about it because I genuinely just adore her, and I don't want to be like, like I said, I I pride myself on helping other people, so I don't want to be like, no, sorry, you know. Maybe you could partner for a um, for a networking event, so something that isn't necessarily business focused, so you're not actually selling anything. Maybe you guys do a referral partner happy hour or something, so you're still doing an event together, but it's not like immediately product focused. You know, that's a good idea. Yeah, you have options. So um, I guess to finish up here, Brandy, if, if you feel like you've gotten enough of an answer, um, we have like, I'll say 10 more minutes left. Usually we, we go a little bit longer because we're in person and we can't shut up. Um, but what other, what other things do you guys um, have popping up out of, after this conversation? You know, what's coming to mind? Uh, feel free to hop in. I see Clark unmuted herself, so I know she yeah, has something say, to Clark, say. Go ahead, <laughs> things a comment and a question when you guys were starting to talk about this topic immediately I was thinking not only about my answers to questions but my asks and how rarely I'll ask for what I want but I'll I'm always gonna ask for what I need but I'm I'll try to keep it as minimum as possible and I want to work on not doing that because I mean you may as well ask for what you want because why not and I'm really good at doing it on the behalf of other people because I feel like we all are my question that was just kind of a random comment is, is anyone here, as much as we're good at saying no and we can train ourselves to say no, does anyone not feel terrible when they say no and how? Because I still feel bad and I don't want to feel that way. <laughs> like, I feel like men just don't. Like, is it, what is it? Tell me. Anyone? No one? I think Danae really did a really good job at uh, kind of talking about this. You have to understand your reasons why, and you have to be able to value 
I'm not saying you don't value yourself, but you have to value and understand the value that you put in yourself and the reasons that you say no in what that allows you to do. And so say, say there's opportunity cost and everything, right? So every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And so understanding what that opportunity costs for you and valuing those other things, because if you're saying yes to something and you're saying no to your health, to your wellness, to your business, to your family, to all these things, you have to, you have to be able to understand that there's an opportunity cost there. So like keeping that front of mind will take away that shame and fear and bad and blah, blah, blah that you feel if you really deeply understand like, no, I can't. And this is something that if you are in my circle, you're probably sick up to death of hearing me say this. Like you have to take care of you first. And then I say this to my business partners, my business partners that I expect to show up and get business done and continue to push things forward. I still say to them every time, like, no, the first thing this business needs is for you to be well, because if you're not well, this business isn't going to continue on. And so, um, like, I try to push that forward and take away all that shame or concern or fear that people have, but you have to dig deep in yourself, Clark, and know that you're a mom, you're, you have a family, you have a business and that needs you to be well, and that needs you to put the priorities in the right order. And so if you're saying yes to stuff that's hurting that, like that sucks too, right? I think I just still feel like when I'm saying no to something, even when I know it's the right thing to do, I feel like I should be able to do more. It's like, there's never, there's never like a feeling that I'm like, cool, I did enough today. And I think that's a wall a lot of us hit. And it's so, you know, there's so many expectations, you know, you hear the thing that people say that, you know, you expect people to work like they don't have kids and have like raise their kids like they don't have work and this those expectations that we put on ourselves. Like I feel that way about myself. Like I should be able to do more. And that's why the no hurts me. It's not because I'm disappointing this other person necessarily even. Because you have unrealistic expectations of your own humanity. <laughs> I think some of that's context too though, because oh, yeah, I mean, in the culture you're in and the culture I'm in, and maybe this is the same for everybody else too. There's no, um, there's no ceiling on what the expectations are if that makes sense, because I know that for all of the activity I do, there's somebody who is doing twice as much and they make it very, very clear that that's the case. It doesn't matter if I am doing my best month, somebody is having a month that's twice as good as mine, right? So now mine isn't good enough. And if I choose to take a nap or I choose to take some time off for self-care, it always feels like I'm leaving something behind, right? Like I'm not hitting my, my quote, I don't have quotas. Like I'm not hitting my, my quota or of what's expected for me. And so I, I feel you Clark, because I cannot, I mean, there are so many days where I'm like, wow, I did a lot today. Why do I still feel so guilty, right? Sitting down and watching a television show that I enjoy. Why, why is that the case? And it's because there isn't, there isn't a limit, right? That's what it feels like. So it's, it's hard because I know that there are so many of us who are trying to, you know, I was talking to one of my mentors today and within finance, there aren't really a lot of role models and maybe real estate's the same way, but um, within finance, there aren't a lot of role models for people who are, especially, I mean, women mainly, who are not only running really, really successful businesses, but also taking care of themselves, also taking care of a family, also, you know, spending time on their hobbies and the things that they enjoy. A lot of times it's lives that are completely out of balance. And a lot of the guys at the firm I work with cracks me up 
the reason that they can spend all day doing appointments is because they have wives at home who are literally taking care of every other part of their lives. And do you think they're talking about that in the trainings? Nope. No, <laughs> no, no, they're not talking about it. We still have all of those other things to do and run a successful business. And we're not supposed to complain about it or even say anything, right? Because it shows weakness when you don't want to be seen as weak because we want to be seen as successful, right? So the, the hardest part is that that's part of why we're trying to build a community like this. So you have other women who it's obvious that you feel the same way because we're not going to run our businesses exactly the same way where we, we all feel like we have to burn out all the time. That's not a culture that we should be falling into, but sometimes that's just how our role models are. So I know that I'm on a tangent right now, but the frustrating thing is that sometimes we have to be our own role models or decide that we're going to be the role models for other people and say, I have to be successful in my own way of doing this so that other people who are like me have something to follow when they want to do what I do. Does that make sense? I know that's a lot, but sometimes that's, that's where we're at. <laughs> I'm going to take the transcript of that and print it out and frame <laughs> it and put it on the wall. That was excellent. Thank you. Clark, the other thing that I wanted to say is, you know, comparison in regards to what you and I do, it's constant, right? I don't, I don't know if your um, firm does this, but like my firm puts out our production stats all the, like every quarter, right? Who did the most, who did this, who did that? And like, there's something about that, that some people, it motivates the shit out of them. And some of them, it's like that comparison. It's just like, oh, well, so-and-so is the same, like, you know, years of experience did this and they're doing this. And, you know, why don't I, why don't I have that? There's just this comparison feeling, but there's something that I'm working on right now in regards to this. How often would you say that you are saying no and it's making you feel guilty? Or not doing enough and making you feel guilty? Is it like daily or... Every day. Every day. Yeah. A lot. For me too. And I'm a, I'm a convert in a lot. <laughs> so one of the things that I've started to do is to sit with discomfort. It's really, really, really fucking hard. So I take 30 seconds after I have this feeling that you're having. I have it all the time that I'm not doing enough. I can put in another extra two hours. I can make another extra five phone calls. Um, but the soon as I say that, this feeling of guilt comes on me or discomfort or tension. And so what I've been trying to do is just sit with it, see where it's affecting my body. I'm safe. I, I am a great human. I'm a great mom. All the good things that you are, say it to yourself for 10 seconds, let it go. My, I wonder if by doing that in practicing this and like following Megan's advice, if we do these things, will we get to a place where it becomes more automatic? That's yes. kind of my, my question. And I'm wondering if anyone's there or making progress. And that would be, because that would be spectacular. Yeah, I think, it, I think anything that you do repeatedly becomes automatic, right? And anything becomes, um, I'm sorry, did I cut you off, Natalie? No, go ahead. I'll jump um, in after you. Um, I think anybody that anything that you do becomes automatic and it's just the whole reason affirmations work. It's, it's the entire reason any of this stuff works is because all you're doing is programming in your brain. Like this is important. I'm repeating it to myself and self enough to know this is important. It's how you learned your ABCs. It's how you learned your chords. It's how you learned anything you ever learned was like, look, this is so important that I'm going to repeat this to myself 
to the point where I'm going to believe it. And choosing to believe it is that piece, right? So I could repeat to myself, like, I'm, I'm a middle-aged man in Senegal a thousand times, but that's never going to be true. <laughs> um, maybe the middle-aged part, but uh, the rest of it uh, isn't going to be true. So if you know it to be true, all you have to do is reinforce that to yourself. All you have to do, simple, right? But all you have, what you should do is reinforce that to yourself and reinforce that belief that you know it is true and this is true and important to me. And, and that's how that, that develops in you. It's not easy, but it's simple. Yeah, I would, I would add on to that, Clark. It does definitely get easier as you do it. Um, I've been a leader in a lot of different groups. And when one of them becomes like, it starts feeling like an obligation, I just it takes a long time, but I'm like, I'm out. But I still have that stress of now I have to tell someone that I don't want to do what I told them I was going to do. So I think for me this last year, um, there's two pieces to this. One, my goals are not the same as everyone else, either on this call or in my company. So definitely touching on what Sarah said about comparing. I've told plenty of you, my life goal is not to make a million dollars this year. I don't need that with where my personal goals are right now. Um, and changing that up has definitely helped, but also getting out of things when I know I'm not going to be at my best. Um, I get invited to plenty of 7 and 8 a.m. meetings and no, I'm not doing it. I know that I'm not at my best at that point and I actually feel better now when I say sorry, that I'm not going to do any good for anyone else in the room if I am at that meeting. It's the same thing about a 6 p.m. meeting. If it's with a client, sometimes you have to do that. But if it's a networking happy hour, maybe, maybe not. If I don't feel like I'm going to get something out of it or be able to give my full attention to it, then it's not, not worth it. Great, Natalie, that's perfect. That's a no from you, dog, 7 a.m. meeting. <laughs> 7 a.m., not happening. Thank you, for, um, thank you guys for laughing at that, by the way. I was like, it's a chance. We're the perfect age group for that. I just read uh, Caitlin's post or her chat, and it gave me goosebumps. That re Just remember, you're the wolf. Ooh, I want that on my wall. <laughs> I was just going to read out loud because I couldn't see who it was from. Go ahead. It's a super awesome book by Abby Wambach. Um, but if you don't have time to read it, she, um, she made the book kind of based off this um, graduation speech that she did. So if you just go on YouTube and you type in um, Barnard College Commencement Speech Abby Wambach, um, it's probably like 15, 20 minutes long. And like in her speech, it's really like female oriented because it's like an all women's college. And it's all about like, you're the wolf, you're not little red riding hood, it's just awesome and empowering. And it's so great. So Clark, definitely watch it. Um, and then the book, she just expands upon it because she had all this positive feedback after the graduation speech and it was awesome. Great, thank you for that. Yeah. Okay. So I know we're short on time. Um, I so appreciate everybody jumping in and having a chat and talking about everything. Um, I'm going to, I just want everybody to know we've, we're recording this. 
obviously you guys all knew that beforehand. Um, but I'm also gonna save the chat. So if you guys wanna put in the chat, um, like something about you and who you'd like to connect with, that would be excellent. Um, and we can figure out a great, excellent way to share that information uh, with everybody. Um, Kathleen had that brilliant idea, so we can do that. And then also, um, we obviously had to make the, t the tough decision, um, not tough, I mean, it was a really easy decision to be like, no, obviously we're not charging for events right now. Everybody's kind of having a hard time. And this is where we shine is making sure our community stays together and gets this uplifting content and um, really has an opportunity to stick together. And so um, I posted a, a link in there that if you guys have a little bit extra and you feel like there's something that you guys can give to the group, that would be excellent because right now we're just funding level up out of our own pockets. Um, and so if there is something that you guys feel like you want to give to the group to help us keep going and keep paying our bills, that would be excellent. Um, but please do not feel any pressure to do that. We're going to continue doing this, whether we get zero donations or we get a gajillion dollars in donations. It's just really important and, and part of each of our individual missions to continue to do this. So this is going to continue to happen. Um, but if there is, if you guys do feel led to do that, um, that is a, uh, available to you. I put the link in there and it'll probably come out in, I think you're going to get a follow-up email as well with a thank you and that'll be in there as well. But the number one priority for us is to make sure that you guys stay connected and stay connected with people that are going to continue to feed you and grow you and uh, help you stay in the energy and fuel that you guys need to continue for it. That's the most important thing. Um, so with that, I'm going to kick it back to Danae and Sarah and see if there's anything else that you guys have uh, before we kick off the night. Um, no, I think all of this was absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm an extrovert to my core. So being housebound has started to wear very um, much on me. Um, Danae and Megan were concerned the minute this pandemic started. Um, and I was good for about three and a half weeks and about two weeks ago, um, not so good. So, you know, any type of connection guys whether it's with me whether it's with someone in this group don't hesitate to reach out um zoom facetime whatever even if it has nothing to do with business and it just has to do with getting to know each other personally professionally whatever um reach out and don't feel like you're a burden because we all need it right now. We are not meant to be secluded away from people, even though my introverts are living their best lives right now. Um, we're not meant to not be physically around each other. So yes, Megan is pointing to herself because she is living her best life and I'm envious as shit. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, this does help. It's as close as we're gonna get right now, hopefully until the 26th or maybe May 1st or whatever it's going to happen. So don't hesitate to reach out to us on Facebook, whatever it is, um, happy to connect. Even if you reach out to today and want somebody else's number, we'll give it out. It's, it's important. With permission. With permission. Yeah. I'm not just going <laughs> to say at you. Um, yeah, you guys are the best. I'm really glad that everybody was on here. This is the first time, um, <coughs> in the last month that I felt like I had any, um, I'll say like real social connection. Like, uh, I'm doing a ton of virtual meetings, but it's mostly business and like 
like I, this is, you know, pouring into me quite a bit tonight. So I'm very appreciative of, of all of you for being on here and for contributing and being supportive of us and what we're doing. And, um, (laughs) excuse me, uh, we're, you know, stay safe, do what you need to. And over the next uh, few weeks as we kind of find out what's, what's going on. Um, if we continue on zoom for, for a couple of months, you guys will know about it. I like the always idea the of doing third Monday in the month, always, always the third Monday. I like the idea of doing theme nights. So don't be surprised if we do a dressed up from, from the neck up kind of theme night, throw out some ideas. I like dressing up for things. Um, and then when this is all over, we'll just throw a big badass level up party. Um, and give everybody back together all the hugs after it's appropriate and safe, obviously. I still have so much champagne, guys. So much. <laughs> I will yeah, probably exactly. have more booze for my wedding that hopefully will happen in July. So I'll just <laughs> continue it into the month of July for everybody. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I love you um, all. Thank you so much for making my night. And it just, ah, oh, it filled my heart up to see all your beautiful faces. Love you, Sarah. Love you guys. Yay. We'll see you guys later. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, we really appreciate you listening to the podcast. And what we really need is for you to like, subscribe, comment, share, and let us know what you think and share it with everybody that you want to help level up their life too. So until the next episode, thanks.